the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Eternal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spells. She's actually me in the The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Hillary. And I am not your host today. I'm Courtney, and I am here in focus because Hillary said we are to get started and we're not to fuck around tonight. We are not to fuck around. <laughs> and who else do we have here? I am Kanani, and I only know how to fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the podcast everyone's familiar with. Congratulations. You found it. Congratulations. <laughs> We're excited to be joined by Cha Wan Ku today, who we've had on the show before. So we're super excited to have her back and she'll bring be joining in, us later in the episode. Bringing my TikTok Yay. teacher. She's coming. I know. She's going to be talking about witch talk yeah. and the phenomenon of witch talk. So we're really excited about that. And yeah. So Kanani, I heard you have a fun story to share with us. Was it fun? Oh, I don't know that it's fun. I, I think yeah. for other people, oh. it might be fun. For me, not so fun. It was fun for me. I don't know what it is, so I'm I'm a, I just assumed fun. <laughs> oh yeah, no. So for our listeners who heard last week about my car debacle with my car, which by the way is still in the shop and we will not get back until at least the end of the month. So we have a rental in the meantime. Um I so my husband is driving the rental to put the miles on the rental while he goes back and forth from work. I work from home. And so one of the things that I have to do is during the week uh, before the kids' school Zoom start, we spend 45 minutes and drive around to the different houses that are on the market that I think we might like to tour and just drive by and see, yes, we want to go in and tour this. No, this isn't something And when Kanani says that, it means that she's actually putting her, her fix on it, like this house will be mine. And probably oh, leaving, I'm severely um, judging is what I'm doing, <laughs> either positively or negatively. I am I am judging the shit out of these places. Literally the day after, as we're driving, the car the other car starts making horrible squealing noises mm. and making horrible noises. Stop it! Are you serious? And I'm not shitting you. And I'm in the car with two kids, and I'm like. This is not, and this is the car we've been worried about. It wasn't the other car we were worried about dying. Oh on my us. fucking God. And I'm like, okay, this is happening. I'm like, all right. So I drive the car to a local place. It's called Les Schwab. So then she goes, well, we're really, she's like, we'll totally look at it, but we're really busy. So it's going to be at least a couple hours. So the kids and I then walked two miles home. And on the way home, I see as we're walking a, black crow on a fence just staring at me and i looked at it Not and i'm like used with a pink crow or a blue crow i'm just it like a black screw crow you i'm like screw you you are not an omen you are not a sign you are not talking to me i'm not talking to you i'm i'm gonna pretend i didn't just see you so then i go home and as soon as i get home within probably well no i guess it was about an hour later 
they call me to say, hey, you know, it's it's this, it's this, it's this. It's going to be about $1,250. I'm like, of course no. it is. They're like, we can fix it today, Ew. but it's going to be $1,200. So I'm just like, okay. So I call Courtney right after and I'm like, would you like to hear about my day? And and it was and it was so funny because she's just like, "Who did you piss off? Oh, I to did. have this kind of luck? Like, I, I was I was scolding her. I'm like, did you pee on someone's grave? Like, I mean, yeah, what what, like, the, what what did, did you, you do? do? What did yeah. you do? Yeah how 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 are you deserving Which of all of these horrible site things? Did you desecrate? Whether intentionally yeah, I mean, like, or not. I mean, like, honestly, really. Did you like, piss what off happened? the fairies this time? I know you say not yeah, to, I mean, but did you do it? Yeah, I mean, but did you do it? Because it seems like you, yeah. Exactly. So, and what's funny is at this point, I'm just trying to maintain and not lose my shit completely. <laughs> and so, like, I'm not even trying to problem solve and I'm not thinking of ways to make it better. I'm just trying to not lose it. And so, Courtney's like, you need to do a or you need to do a luck reversal spell. She's like because this is this is insane. And she's like and I've, of course I've packed up 90% of my house. She's like do you have any candles in the house? And I'm just like yeah, I you know, I I have some. And she's like okay. She's like you need to take one of them that you've already preferably one you've already lit and flip it upside down and then carve out the top so that you can light it from the bottom and say, you know, my luck will turn around. And chop off my luck. Now you gotta chop off this. You gotta chop off the lit part too, though. So it's literally reversing the candle. Yes. I so anyway. So I I do this as I'm talking to her and I'm digging it out and I'm like, my luck will change. My luck will my my, my luck will get better. My luck will change. My luck will reverse. And I'm doing this and I light the candle. And about all of a sudden, 15, 20 minutes later, my kids start screaming from the living room. They're like, Mom, Mom, there's a dove on the patio. And I'm like, a what? And so I get out. I don't know if it, I, I don't I don't know birds. I don't know plants. I don't know any of these things. I don't know if it was a pigeon. I don't know if it was a dove. But this beautiful white bird is just randomly on our empty patio on the on the railing. And I'm like, this is a good sign. This is a good sign. OK, OK, I can do this. So then I get back. I lay back down on on, on my bed. I'm scrolling through my phone. I'm just taking deep breaths. I'm like, OK. And then all of a sudden the mechanics place calls me again and they're like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know if, if we, one of the things was the struts, if we repair the struts, it may not get rid of the sound because it might be this other thing that's wrong and blah, blah, blah. So we just want to let you know if you spend the $600 to do this, it still might make the noise. And I said, well, listen, I'm driving two kids around. I can't have a car break down on me. I said, we're going to be getting rid of this thing in three to four months anyway, after we buy a house and trade it in for something else. And he goes, oh, well, the safety of the car has nothing to do with the struts. He's like, if you're going to get rid of it in three months, if it were me, I'd save the 600 bucks and not replace it. I'm like, I'd like to save $600. And so the car repair went from $1,200 to $600. That's much better. It was, which was a huge improvement. And what was funny was when I picked up the car, even though we didn't do the repair, it stopped making the weird noise. Nice. It doesn't make the weird That's noise good. anymore. Nice. It doesn't make the That's weird noise good. anymore that I that I thought fixing the struts was going to was going to fix. So I was just like, "Huh. All right. So now the car rides well, knock on wood." And so, yeah, but that was my 
that was my two days after my other $3,800 car repair. That's such a, that's, that, that is such a bitch. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh, so then, so then that brings us to Mother's Day was a shit show for me mm. because it was our moving day, which moving days are always a shit show. I mean, it's just, you're going to have a shitty day and that's just the way it is. And you just wake up to it. You know it. It's okay. You're expecting it. And I was coming, uh, going into the storage unit to drop some stuff, empty my car. And I look up and there's a black crow. I'm like, you're not there. I don't know what you're doing, but you're not there. And all of a sudden it flies you're away like, and it drops. Go away. It, yeah. All of a sudden it flies away and it dropped a feather like right at my feet. And so I pick up the feather and I'm like, I don't know why I have this fucking thing, but I'm like, this is not an omen. This is not a sign. And I get back in my car and I'm driving. Well, let me take my... home the feather from the ominous bird and just bring it into my house. Yes. And so I, well, I was going to like burn it, set it on fire or something like that. But anyway, so as I'm driving home and I'm like, no, that it doesn't mean it, no, no, just no. All of a sudden a crow flies right by my, like right across the front of my, my view as I'm driving the car. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. So then I, I go, I do all my running around. I put the feather down. I'm like, I'm, and then as soon as I get back to the hotel, I light my good luck candle. I'm like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. So I light all my candles. And uh, then my husband got an earful because he threw the feather away when he was cleaning. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how often do you see a feather? If you find something random, you need to you need to check with me. You need to check with your witch wife before you just throw things yeah, away. Yeah, but I actually, I in second, all right, so first of all, I want to say something because I know we're going to have listeners out there that are either going to freak out every time they see a crow thinking that it's ominous or we're about to get 700 emails where everybody says that it's an appearance of the morgan. Here's the thing. You have to get inside Kanani's head for a second. When she's in a bad mood and thinks the world is out to get her, suddenly everything is a bad omen. So it's not like we're sitting around saying, oh, crows are bad. For Kanani, in that space, she's like, you are witnessing my turmoil. Therefore, you are a terrible omen and fuck you. So I yes. just want to put this out there before we get a yes, bunch of Yes, please don't emails. be afraid of crows. There's nothing wrong please with Please don't be crows. afraid of crows. No, this is not This is not Shit's Creek. And also, not every time you see a crow is at the appearance of the Morgan. I'm just letting everybody know. Because I get that a lot. I saw a crow today. Is the Morgan calling? I don't know. There's a lot of crows in North America. <laughs> just a so, couple, like uh, one or two. Just a couple. But I, Kanani, I just, this is what I, this is where I like, I, I love you as a witch. You make me scratch my head because you're like, no crow, you're not going to be an oh, you're a bad omen. Let me take your energy into my home. And then <laughs> you take the feather home. And then, you so know, what? I, I thought about, I thought about that because I was like, do I take it? <laughs> And I'm like, why would I take it? That sounds like a terrible idea. But for whatever reason, and let's do it. In my head, I was like, you're gonna need this to do a spell. And I'm like, fuck it, fine. I'll take the I'll take the goddamn feather. And so I was going to do a spell with it. And then my husband throws it away and oh, he got an earful. I don't think that it was a bad thing he threw it away because you were associating crows with bad omens and you took one into your home. So I think actually your spirits were like, hey, Kanani's husband. How about that cleaning thing you like to do? How about you get rid of this feather? Because for some reason, your wife decided to bring it home. You can try and get him out of the doghouse all you want. 
Oh, that explains that dream about him. That explains that dream I had about him last night where I was like counseling him. Well, I count, I was, it was, oh yeah, it was super dirty. We were meeting in the yard and I was like, listen, you gotta be patient with Kanani. She's having a tough time right now. And he was like, oh, she's just being, she's just being so mean to me. I'm like, I know it's okay. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was my dirty dream about your husband. Me being like, just be patient with her. Did you point to the spot in the yard that I, in your yard that I've already picked out that's going to be his future if he steps out of he, line? Actually, what happened was <laughs> he was he was saying, I think we're going to have to get another condo. And I said, listen, Kanani's husband, I don't think that's a good idea. And I don't think you should say that to your wife right now. What I said, I think, is you just need to keep looking for a new house because she really wants a yard. Yeah. <clears throat> and we're going to start referring to him as Mr. Kanani. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Kanani's husband, he has been upgraded to Mr. Kanani. To Mr. <laughs> Mr. Kanani. So Mr. Kanani. Oh my God. Mr. Kanani is <laughs> sorry. I, I have I have to say, this is one of the ways that I'm very spoiled. And he did, he did get an earful. But he for those of you, it's fun, it's so ironic because I hear women bitch and whine all the time about how their husbands just sit on their ass. They don't help. They don't cook. They don't clean. I have the opposite problem. I have the problem of my husband won't stop cleaning. And so I never know where my shit is. <laughs> and half the time it's been thrown away because he didn't know what it was or <laughs> moved it into an entirely new location. So I have spent the last 12 years of my life just trying to find my own belongings. So so the whole throwing things away is just triggering of 12 years of trauma at this point. But he, the thing, the reason I'm so spoiled is because he busted his ass. I mean, we both busted our ass all moving day, but he especially felt really bad for the fact that it happened to be on Mother's Day. So I wasn't doing anything fun. He couldn't do anything fun. And, um, and it was funny because I kept thinking, well, he's doing this because it's Mother's Day. And so he's really just trying to, you know, take care of things. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? The truth is, if this was any other day, he'd do the same thing. Yeah. And so he, I was, I was a little, I I was less vicious to him than I could have been. (laughs) That was his Mother's Day present is that you were nice to him on Mother's Day. Okay. Yes, exactly. Mr. Kanani is okay. He's going to stay out of your yard for at least another week. Mm. He bought himself at least a week. He bought him. Yeah, he bought. I was going to say he bought himself a week. (laughs) That's good because I just got my second COVID vaccine. We don't want to get excessive. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next week, but he bought himself at least a week. I I bought I got my second COVID vaccine. So although I don't have like the fevers and chills, I've just been really tired and feel like I've been hit with a bag of hammers. So I don't have I don't have the efforts to like dig a hole or distract the cops or whatever it is I have to do. This time for your shenanigans, Kanani. I just love it. Kanani's like, this is a terrible idea. I should not take this feather home. I've got an idea. How about I take this feather home? <laughs> I don't know how You're to explain the worst. it. That's just, how, that's just how I do things. It's like, You're the worst. I, I, in my head, I'm like, I, 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 it doesn't make sense to take this home. But I'm just like, no. I'm gonna going to do it. To, it was like, you need this because you need this for a spell you're going to do. And so See, in my Kanani, head, I was like coming up with this spell and then he threw it away and I'm like, oh, and now you've just plotted your own death. Like, I can't help you anymore. See, Kanani's There's like. nothing more I can do for you, Mr. Kanani. Kanani's like, I'm going to make bad choices and it's okay because Courtney's going to fix them for me. <laughs> I just thought it was funny when she was talking about the reversing your luck spell. Because at this point, you know, I'm not even trying to make things better. I'm just trying to like 
not end up in jail. That's where I'm at right now. Like, I'm not really trying Fair. to find good ways Fair. to like improve things. I'm just trying to not wind up in prison. That's where I'm at right now. All right. I see Hillary motioning us back because she is like, a, we cannot fuck around tonight, guys. Was yeah, her can't. was her whole thing? She's like, I'm hosting. Don't fuck around. So everybody, my uh, my tar- my tarot spells class starts tomorrow, um, and so don't forget, you still have time to sign up. So come to our show notes page or go to catlandbooks.com. But it is on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, figuring out how to use tarot and your spells and how to avoid using feathers of ominous birds because. <laughs> Oh my Apparently God. some people need to be taught that. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah. But like I said, I, um, I love seeing people from TWL in our, um, in my workshop. So I hope you can come side note. I think actually full moon is next week. No, I don't fucking know. I've screwed up the full moon. Sorry. I didn't, I have that prepared. <sighs> How dare you? How dare me? Screw the full moon. Screw the full moon. We want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, last week, we released some bonus content from our interview with Laura. The Glastonbury stories, which were great. They're really, really good. Yeah. Um, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to this or other witchism content. Higher levels get you access to our private Facebook page, live virtual special events, early release episodes, longer ad-free episodes, and a quarterly subscription box, and even a tarot card pulled for you on the show. And today, Courtney, who are we pulling for? We are pulling for Jessica, who just joined at the Screaming Goat level, which gets Yay! her the longer extended ad-free episodes plus our monthly virtual gatherings, which we have another one coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah first first sunday in june so that'll be yeah. pretty cool um so jessica you got the you got the nine of cups so this is a card i'm using the medieval scapini deck um, which is a card of pure potential um so it's a card that says put out the baskets and collect the blessings even collect the challenges too because you never know when you're going to need to draw from those to kick somebody's ass so it's a card of just saying open it up bring it uh, whatever it is i'm taking it because if it, even if it doesn't feel good on the onset, it will be good in the long run. Um, which maybe why Kanani was collecting her crow feather, thinking that it would actually bring her something good. So I don't know. Maybe she was right after all. But for you, Jessica, it's saying to uh, I usually just, am. Yeah, all right. <laughs> then I have to fix it for you and be like, okay, how are we going to reverse this one? Um, <laughs> so and I'm not um, usually smart enough to know it needs to be fixed. I so. know. So yeah, so um, Jessica, that is um, that's for you. Embrace it, take it with you, and thank you for joining us at the Screaming Goat level. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Other ways you can support the show if you can't do a monthly donation, you can buy us a coffee or buy that Witch Life merchandise on Etsy. There's always awesome stuff there. Also, consider becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. You can also purchase a shout out. Let people know about your virtual event or just send them love to your favorite witch. Find out more on our website at thatwitchlife.com. It's definitely spring and soon to be summer. And you know what that means? Leaping bonfires. Well, yes, but also barbecues and fresh herbs. Oh, my God. I'm so ready. 
And if you are all about infusing magic as much as flavor in your food, you've got to check out Kachina Aurora. Yes, Dawn Hunt, head witch at Kachina Aurora, has a whole line of spring-oriented magical foods, including a zesty lemon-infused olive oil charged for purification and cleansing, and a lavender a la orange-infused olive oil for calming energy. Don't forget that Mother's Day is coming up and Kachina Aurora has a whole lot of magical goodies, such as the Conjure Collection Starter Kit to get for a mom or just buy it for yourself and put your kid's name on it like I always do. Make it easy on yourself because you've earned it. And Dawn now has a new cookbook available called A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance, which lists the magical properties in many common foods, helping you figure out what to cook or simply eat. Kachina Aurora has so many incredible products like the roasted garlic infused olive oil, which you can add to your meals for protective energy or just because it's so fucking good. Kachina Aurora has very easy products to expand your cooking. The lemon asparagus risotto might mean I'll actually make risotto for once. We can't say enough good things about Kachina Aurora. Whether you're interested in the amazing oils or a kitchen witch's guide to recipes for love and romance or other magical food products, Kachina Aurora has a special rate for our listeners. Go to kachinaaurora.com. That's C-U-C-I-N-A-A-U-R-O-R-A.com and enter Witch Life 2021 at checkout to get 10% off. Offer is good all year. Kachina Aurora is the best, and I know I have at least half their stock on my birthday wish list. Thank you to Kachina Aurora for being an episode sponsor. So Hillary moved last month, and my husband and I offered to help, and we thought we were going to be packing her clothes and stuff, but no. Hillary has an enormous stash of tea, and my husband spent two hours boxing it up. Okay, like maybe an hour. But the thing is, is I seriously have so much tea from the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company. It's kind of embarrassing. And for good reason, too. Yeah, like my entire life is pretty much scheduled around the next cup of tea. And I literally have told everyone I know about Jasmine Pearl Tea. Their teas are so good. Every morning I get fueled up with either the Burnside Chai, sometimes Caravan. And I've also hooked all of my students up with the Aria blend because it's super soothing on a sore throat. So I mentioned last time that Jasmine Pearl's Lapsang's Shushong tea is the only beverage that I will choose over coffee in the morning. But I also adore their Feel Better tea, which is designed to soothe frazzled nerves, which I really appreciate given that I work with both Kanani and Hillary on a near daily basis. Their Feel Better blend is very light with a lot of notes of citrus. So it's a great blend for springtime. We're also super about supporting family-owned business and the Jasmine Pearl was started by proprietor Heather Agosta and her husband Chuck, who have been directly importing and blending their own loose leaf teas since 2004. Everything is hand blended by their special team in Northeast Portland. The Jasmine Pearl's tea blending philosophy is based on using excellent quality ingredients, and most of them organic, and building blends around good teas versus using mediocre ingredients and dumping a bunch of flavoring on them. But you don't even have to be a tea snob to be into Jasmine Pearl's teas. Like, I used to be someone who liked tea, but I wouldn't call myself a tea drinker. But the Jasmine Pearl has totally made me into a tea drinker. Their vanilla rose tea is like silk in a cup. It's so good. Jasmine Pearl is 100% online. Customers can have their orders shipped or do contactless pickup at their warehouse. And Jasmine Pearl offers free shipping on orders of $25 or more. Check them out at thejasminepearl.com. 
com and let them know you heard Courtney and Hillary gush all about them on That Witch Life podcast. And thank you to Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. Well, we'd love to welcome Chowan Koo, who is a Korean-American witch. She runs the YouTube channel Witches and Wine, where she interviews experienced occultists and explores the intersection of pop culture, glamour, magic, and self-development on TikTok. Chawan, we're so happy to have you back. I know. She's my TikTok coach. <laughs> Thank you so, for having me back. Yeah, we're thrilled. So our listeners followed my drama learning the TikTok. And it's just like, <laughs> it was when I joined your class, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to learn this professional development PR oh my God, skill. It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. And, but what hit me is like, it, I had to like work through some shadow as a result of this because I realized I had a block around showing myself. And Shawan was like, how come you're not showing yourself? Why aren't you showing yourself? Why aren't you showing yourself? And I'm like, I don't know. And I like had this whole breakdown and cried. And then I'm like, this is supposed to be just a skill development. It turns out it's actually a spiritual thing I have to work through. I thought Shawan was an atheist witch, but no, there's spirit <laughs> involved. <laughs> well, you know, for me to get my YouTube channel rolling, I had to do a humongous ritual involving a cemetery. So mm. yeah, it was a banishment spell that I had to do. And I am an atheist witch, and I don't particularly believe in external spirits, but I knew that there was something in me that had to die. And the mm. thing that had to die was the part of me that was afraid of being looked at and judged and I think for me, a lot of it was because I grew up in a family, a culture, a society where, especially if you are a feminine persuasion, then of course, somebody's going to make some comment about your looks. And it's not like I grew up in a society where like the way that I looked was considered like the beauty ideal. So I was really afraid of that. But what I also realized was that, you know, when you're seen, there's a certain sort of space that you take because it's almost like, oh, you're not just a voice. You're like actually a, a person yeah. maybe. And you have, you, you're taking up, how dare you? How dare you take up space? You know, that's a really good point. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I, my half of my life is performing publicly and I like, I am intimidated like fuck over TikTok. Like, and it's so silly. I mean, I sing on stage in front of many people and I'm like, sing on a TikTok. I don't think I can do it. Like I just lost it. And it's weird. I don't know if it's more vulnerable because it's like intimate. I mean, even though no one's there, it still is an intimate interaction. So I don't know. It's it's something I definitely feel you, Courtney. Like um, I'm doing Chawan's class right now. And it's like, I'm like, okay, I like ordered a mic so that I could pick up my vocals better. And like, I mean, it's like, but it is very intimidating. It's like, I'm like, oh, wow. But it's fascinating. It's 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 like, it's like crack. It's like finding a code to a safe, you know, it's like, how do I crack this code? Um, and it's, and I think that it's such an, a neat tool. And so I'm really excited that you are here to talk to us about kind of the phenomenon of TikTok and witch talk, because it's obviously like a very hot topic and people are, people know a lot about it. And, and so like, yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, what has been going on for you you know, in your life professionally, so on and so forth, since we saw you last? A lot. So I did a hard fork, literally like three, four days ago into combining witchy things, but with cryptocurrency and blockchain things. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So um, 
that's a huge thing. So now I even like have a cryptocurrency newspaper, news, newsletter, newspaper, newsletter. And then also um, I hard forked into that. I've been doing NFTs. Everybody's like talking about NFTs and stuff. Um, I went viral on TikTok three days ago on a Dogecoin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think it's at about almost half a million views now. Okay. So, so hold on. Catch me up because clearly... I don't know what the fuck. But is Courtney's going on. like no fucking clue. It, for for the kindergartner in the room, I raise my hand. What the fuck is cryptocurrency? What the fuck is an NFT? So, okay, have you seen SNL this weekend with Elon? No, but I do want to though because they always do a really good episode on Mother's Day because I have some kind of mom thing going on. But okay, but go ahead and explain. Okay, so Elon Musk. He's kind of known for always talking about new technology and things, right? And oh, so, of course, right. yeah. And so, one of the things that he's famous for talking about uh, for the past couple of years is cryptocurrency and particularly something called Dogecoin. Dogecoin is kind of like a joke. So, it was like a bunch of guys being like, we're going to create this imaginary coin on a blockchain. And then a blockchain is just basically a network of computers decentralized all over the world running a basically like um, open source computer program that's kind of called Dogecoin, you know, and then they're just like, we're just going to create these um, imaginary abstract numbers and we're going to call those like Dogecoins and uh, they're worth money. They're worth something because, hey, the US dollar, it's not backed by gold. No currency on earth is backed by anything in particular mm. except the imagination and trust of the human people. So like, we'll just create our own currency, right? And then it just took off. And so, you know, Elon Musk, I think just as a joke, he was always saying, oh, my God, invest in Dogecoin, because I think he was trying to make the point that money's not real, like the US dollar is not real, Japanese right. yen is not real. Right. And so in a lot of ways, uh, Dogecoin, it's only one of many, many, many different types of cryptocurrency. Um, but in the past, I would say a couple months, it's had like a 3000%, 3000 plus percent increase in price. Well, yeah, like every time this dude comes on and says that he likes anything, it just it skyrockets. Suddenly, yeah. It really yeah. does. It really does. It's hilarious to hear you actually pronounce what it's called because I call it doggy coin. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. It is a doggy coin. It's a dog. It has a dog. It has a dog thing. It's spelled D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N. So when I read it, I always call it doggy coin. But oh then it God. has like the image of a dog. It's a so Shiba Inu. It's yeah. a Shiba Inu. And um, it's just basically, you know, like back in the day, they had the doges of each like kind of city state back in Europe, you know, so that's the doge, you know, it's like, ah, you know, the leader. And it's just, it was supposed to be a complete and utter joke. Like seriously, it was made and the developers, they called it Dogecoin. They put the Shiba Inu dressed up as the Pope, right? <laughs> On this coin. Nice. Because they were just fucking making a joke. And the thing is, is that it's been around since something like 2013. And it's, and it was like less than a, a penny. Because the great thing about cryptocurrency is that you can make it even more fractionalized than like a penny. So it was like 0.2002 cents or one cent, whatever, for the longest time. Then all of a sudden on TikTok, somebody made a TikTok about it. And then it went viral because it's a meme coin. There's a category of cryptocurrency called meme coins. And nobody exactly knows what their value is, except the fact that if somebody says good shit about it, it goes up. And when people talk crap about it, it goes down. And then over this weekend, Elon Musk totally clowned on Dogecoin. 
And then as he was on SNL, the price of Dogecoin tanked like 40%. So there we go. Welcome to the world of meme coins, which are a subcategory of cryptocurrency. That's amazing. I mean, like it is, uh, I know a little bit, I mean, I know this much about it, but it's like, it, it, I mean, it's kind of an amazing thing because I love the concept of like, well, money can be anything we have. like We don't have anything to back our money. So like, why, why not just make up some money and then that'll be money. I like, I like that he, I mean, I like that that proved a point essentially. So I love that. Um, okay. So what is witch talk? Witch talk. When I started on TikTok, it was a very different thing than it is today. Um, right now there's, uh, so much drama going on, on witch talk. The tea is hot, but, uh, when I first started, cause TikTok last year, it was just becoming popular when the pandemic and the lockdowns all happened. And people were just like, well, I've heard about this thing called the TikTok. Let me go on it. And witch talk was quite small. And it was just a bunch of mainly young practitioners sharing what they do and trying to make it look aesthetic. It wasn't as if they were the most, um, you know, they were young, so they didn't have years of experience. It's not like they read all the books and the academic papers and, and went to all the witchy conventions or anything. They were just kind of showing what their practice was. And then during the lockdown, more and more people, myself included, you know, hopped on the bandwagon. And then witch talk suddenly became a thing. And I think it became a thing, especially after. And this is how it became a flashpoint for me. There was somebody named Cat or something like that. Anyways. This young white girl, she made some some post, um, not on TikTok, but on Facebook or something like that, saying that she was going to conjure up like Papa Legba or something like that. And people were just like, are you crazy? Don't do it. Um, are you actually a mambo? You know, can you yeah, do like, this? What are you doing? This is a bad idea. Horrible idea. And she did. And then she, and nobody knows exactly why, but she died. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she died. And then after that, witch talk became like a thing because everybody got into a hot debate about, okay, why did she die? And of course, you know, she's a young person. She was like a teenager, died. And because online she was telling people and people warned her not to do this shit. And then she ended up dying. Um, that's when I think witch talk, it kind of became more and more of like, a, ooh, you know, this is intriguing. This and then witch talk became known for like the place that hex the moon. You know, like, oh, yeah, the oh, hex yes. the moon thing was like, I got I don't think I've laughed so hard in my life than when it was like hex the moon. And I was like, what? Ridiculous. <laughs> Witch talk is now notorious for being a hotbed of basically um, a lot of performative activism, um, mm. a lot of toxicity, a lot of just uh, wars where people dox each other and then hex each other and then something else happens. Um, that's the that's the toxic side of witch talk, but I think that happens with any large community. Oh yes. How how do you think it could be useful? Like what I mean, so like we we know there's this like incredibly problematic side of it, and I agree that's something that happens in any I mean like in many communities, you know, um, there, it's not always you know happy happy joy joy. So uh, in in this case, can it be a useful tool? Personally, I think that's the reason why I hard forked <laughs> off of witch talk into more cryptocurrency talk into hybridizing witch talk and cryptocurrency because 
I am finding less and less value in becoming too involved in that witch talk label. And I think a mm. lot of other people are doing the same thing. They're hard forking off of like straight up witch talk and sticking to occult talk or only talking about astrology. Um, a lot of these new age accounts, I've noticed that even though they're doing everything witch talk does in a lot of ways, they're sticking to subjects that are not just witch talk so that they don't have to be fully involved in all the trauma and all the toxicity that witch talk seems to be dredging up for itself. So I think that's what that's how a lot of people are doing it. The esoteric arts in general on TikTok is humongous, huge. Recently, there was an entire thing about something called Grabavoy numbers. I don't know if you've heard of them, but some Russian scam artist, he wrote a book saying that numbers are cool and here's a code to use to be a cheat code for life. And uh, people on 4chan, <laughs> that trolling website. Yes, the ones that are the, the source of QAnon. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They took it and then they basically, as an anti-Semitic joke, they were like, you should put it on your arm. You know, like, the, <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, and then somebody on TikTok just grabbed onto it and was just like, oh my God, this is a magical thing. It's a way to like head a Chico oh, for God. life. And so all oh, these God. young witches were putting Grabavoy numbers on their arm, like, you know. Oh, my God. Exactly. And then, you know, and then afterwards, like, the backlash happened and we're, people were just like, hello, this is anti-Semitic. And then people were just like, oh, my God. And then there was this entire rumor going around saying that if you put this on your arm, uh, your soul is going to be sold or you're going to lose your soul. And so I had a flood of panic messages asking oh my god i put this on am i gonna lose my soul and i was like wow no no oh my god no yeah what a mess what a mess it is and this is what happens when you have a community that's filled with young people like a lot of them are i think under the age of 18. so mm -hmm. um i do think that TikTok in general is an incredible tool to get yourself out there if you are a spiritual person and you have a message to give but it's shadow work more than just wanting to be seen. It's shadow work on dealing with comments. It's shadow work dealing with people showing their trauma instead of their wound. It's shadow work dealing with just all these things happening. And you're like, God, I want to say something, but do I want to get involved? So it's, it's not just as easy as making a cute video and then just like leaning back and just waiting for the views to roll in. It's a right. very active energy taking activity i think you might agree with that courtney you know i really have because um you know there's i've had a flood of people write to me um wanting me to answer questions for them um and most of them it's the question will he come back but literally i've, I've answered that question probably like over email about 10 times a day and spoiler alert everybody they almost never do okay when somebody leaves they're not coming back and maybe i should do a video on this chawan it's like because I've left good relationships because I was a fucking idiot. And I look back and say, you know what? I probably should have stuck around with that person for a while, but I'm not going back. Yeah, you're not going, I'm not even going back. You, even, if, even if you're like, yes, this was a not bad relationship, you're not going to go backwards. I'm not going to go backwards. Like, very in, life. Few, in very few instances, is that yeah, like, no, going to happen? You know, fuck the rom-coms. They've, they've ruined everybody. That's like a whole other thing. They ruined, ruined everything. Everybody. But um, it's a lot of that. And also people saying things like, I'm lost in life. Um, you know, can you help me? My And like, and then there, there's you, you also get this, the sense people will come and say, can I get a free reading? Because you did a free reading for that girl. Will you do a free reading for me? And 
you know, the, the boundaries of like, how much do I offer? And I don't do that very much. And then also people that don't read the directions, they're like, how do I get a reading? It's like, well, I made it clear. Do I take the time to spell it out for you and show you again or, or not? And then just, um, people asking questions, I don't think they want to know the answer to. And so making that decision, do I give this person my time? Do I help? Do I not? And where would it actually, and here's also a bigger question. When would it be harmful for me to actually help this person? Because it sounds in some cases, somebody really should be talking to a therapist and not me. And so if I, although there are times I might like want to step in um, just to give them a, a lending ear, talking to a tarot reader might be more satisfying in the moment, but in the long run, they really should be talking to somebody who is a professional clinician. And so me, me responding at all takes, does not help them. And that's, that's, that was a big shadow thing for me because in the past, I always wanted to help, wanted to help. And, and for someone like me who has codependency issues, and I put myself on there, a TikTok as a tarot reader, I really faced with a lot of those where do I help? And when I'm helping or where, when I help, is it harmful? And then also being good to myself is that this is part of how I make my living. And so I can't just give it away for free. You know, I it's, and it's okay to say that because, you know, and, and so anyway, I could go off for a long time about this, but you know, it's exactly what Shawana is saying is that it's really, you're faced with that, that, you know, that, that really, that tough stuff. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is that, I think that this is just a sign that Courtney, you're an ethical reader because there are many. (laughs) Oh, there's so many. There's so many people on TikTok, astrologers, tarot readers, whoever else. And um, there's, I mean, off the top of my head, I could easily list like 10 Mm. who love the attention, who love being in that power role as like being the quasi therapist. And there's popular readers who will just just anything they will give basically medical advice they will say the craziest shit right and so your dilemma your shadow work now is learning how to balance the fact that you're an ethical person with of course valuing valuing your own service to the community versus i think people all these unethical readers so many of them oh my god like not even kidding like it's not even exaggeration I think their shadow work would be, why am I doing this? Why am I enjoying the title of being a tarot guru, an astrology guru so much that I'm putting people in harm's way? Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of Teal Swan. Uh, Uh, Are you familiar with her? Oh, very much. (laughs) Rhea, are you familiar with Teal Swan? No. Very dangerous. She is a cult leader and she does like this. She um, really gives into people's... I don't want to say she gives into people's suicide ideations and she inserts herself as like a way to help. And then it makes it sound then because I I listened to a podcast where she was being interviewed and she said, what do I do? I look at, look at this flood of emails I'm getting where people are considering taking their lives and they come to me. Who do I respond to? Who do I not? And it's like, because you put yourself there as somebody who could help somebody with in that place. And so, yeah, they're turning to you when they really should be turning to a professional who can help yeah, them navigate that's... this. And um, so I don't, and if any of our listeners are listening to Teal Swan, please stop. She's very, very dangerous. She, she's like, she, oh, there, I, in fact, I will link in the, in the uh, show notes, a list, a link to her podcast where, well, not her podcast, but a podcast like that somebody did on her and in investigative journalism. And they've come up with the, with the say that this is a very dangerous person. You know, so 
Yeah, that's really scary. Yeah. I think somebody contacted me and said that Teal Swan has joined TikTok or something like that. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Oh, no. Courtney's, Courtney's like, I'm looking. I'm looking up. I think so, because this person had actually been in Teal Swan's cult. And this person contacted wow, me. Yeah. Shit. And this person contacted me and said, you have to say something. You have to do something, you know, because Teal Swan is on and Teal Swan is a horrible cult leader. And I was just like, I don't. I don't want yeah, to Yeah, she just started. She just yeah. started. Yeah. Um, but it's like the va- the special value of self-sacrifice. Oh, that sounds so sus. Oh, yeah. Y'all, please don't. Back don't off. Turn around. It. This is where don't. I will make my stand is on our podcast because I don't want I, – I love our listeners and I don't want them getting in her clutches. But she's very seductive because she's really beautiful. And she has this very kind of ethereal voice. But she literally is making money off of people who oh, yeah. need who need professional, professional mental, health, mental yeah. health help and it's terrible that's awful yeah i guess um a question that i have is so n- now that we're seeing that witch talk is i mean not that it's void of good information but it's a very hard to navigate to find good information what's another resource that might be useful, like an online resource? Because I know, I think what a lot of people, especially right now in the pandemic are people that are in areas that don't have a lot of local community, they look for places to find that community. And I think that that is part of the draw of witch talk because it's like, you know, here you are, people are in a pandemic. If they're in a, a, an area or a region where there is no, there's no stores, there's no like people they might know, or they don't know many other witches, you know, where, where can they go? What's a good place for them to go? That's a really good question. I'm going to put my two cents in about why witch talk has become this quote unquote community. I don't believe it actually is. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, most of the people that I started doing TikTok with like back last year, a huge number of them that I've become friends with, they have stopped doing witch talk. They've actually pulled back and they're constantly talking shit about witch talk. And there's a reason why. Witch talk, it is more like people watch it and it's just anything on TikTok. People watch it and they think, I could do that too. Whether it's a meme dance, whether it's some sort of trend, it's because there's very little friction to get started on TikTok. And so they think, I can do it too. And so you have a bunch of people who... They're not looking for community, but they see other people gaining clout. They think, oh, this isn't hard because I can just talk and then I can get millions of views. Like what happened that totally changed my perspective is that I'm really, really, really um, just very involved on this app called Clubhouse. And you may have heard of it. Yeah, we've done Clubhouse, yep. Yeah, Yeah, so Clubhouse is literally changed my life. Um, I started listening to it around February and there was a room that I was in. And it was a room and they were asking why there's a huge difference between millennials and Gen Z. And some Gen Z people came on. And so these are actual Gen Z people talking about not some millennial and Gen X and boomer people talking about this this is how Gen Z consumes information. Gen Z came on and they said, well, you know, I wanna first get the followers and then I'll learn about the topic I'm talking about. And I was like, what? Wait, so are you telling me that when you are going to go on social media and let's say you're going to talk about, I don't know, like um, you're going to talk very authoritatively, very confidently about veganism, for example, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're totally vegan yet. You go on 
and then you talk about it then you get the followers and then you start really doing your veganism and they're like yeah and they, they just seemed completely like of course that's the way you do it and i was like why do you do that and they were like because it's not motivating unless you have a lot of followers and i was like boom that's the key there's something motivating and of course it's for every human being it's very motivating when you have a lot of people who are following you who are invested in you who are maybe paying you money whatever it is and for gen z it's very very normal this is not not like a thing that of course people need to be watching what i'm doing because i grew up with instagram i grew up with TikTok. i grew up with whatever so if you're doing it and there's no one else watching then do you it's like if a tree falls in the forest doesn't make a sound it's like that and if so, I don't have a hashtag, do I even exist? Exactly. If I don't have an Instagram account, am I even a real person? So because <laughs> of that, because of that, I think TikTok, it's not so much a community as it is a bunch of individuals wanting to prove that they exist. But in terms of the interactions and the, and the actual community and the bonding, because I don't think that's the real intention. Um, it's harder to get community on witch talk than one would expect. So I personally have way more sense of community taking a, an occult class, taking a magic class, because we're all in there to learn something. We have a common goal versus TikTok. The common goal is notice me. I exist. I also want the followers and the views. My entire thing about TikTok is get to the Kevin videos before Hillary gets to them because we have oh a my god we have a TikTok Listen. boyfriend and um, he doesn't know we exist, so it's basically very middle schoolish. I, the boyfriend we don't that doesn't know we exist. Yeah, and he, yeah, he is like ninety nine point nine percent of the reason that I go on TikTok every day. And I'm, I'm the, like, who's I'm the Kevin? One. I'm the his Kevin his his handle is Kevin. Wait, hold on. I think it's Kevin James Thornton. Yes, he's a comedian and, he, and he's so funny. And he's really funny. And he like he does these videos where he has like this auto tune like uh, like harmonized voice thing. But he talks about stories. He's a gay man. He talks about stories. I know him. Growing uh -huh. up in his fundamentalist ch church group he's and shit. So and funny. It's, but so funny yeah and we i mean like all day we dick around and i'm like oh my god here's another yeah. video i'm dying hey, but here's the thing it's like he has he has though started a community around him because he also talks a lot he you know he does his funny videos but then he also talks a lot about inclusivity and self-acceptance and his journey as being an older gay man you know and in talking about like it, it body issues and then he started a podcast and people reaching out to him are like i really love you know, your videos. And so it's funny. He's kind of started like this little Kevin, what's his name community. And he's great. So it's, it's funny. I'm wondering if the communities are less like around the hashtags as they are around the individuals. I wonder if that might be the case. 100%. And sooner or later, he's going to get dragged by the community. So that's Aww. a, that's, but you know what? It's a, I've been dragged by witch talk and I saw it as a rite of passage and it lasted for about two days or so. And then whatever you move Which on. Which is like a year in TikTok land. Which is, and it's just <laughs> literally you are, you are not somebody on TikTok unless you're dragged. And so I was just like, cool, my turn. Um, Get ready, Courtney. Oh shit. It happens. It happens <laughs> to everybody. Absolutely everybody. Uh, so it's, it's just, you know, when Andy Warhol said that everybody's going to have their 15 minutes of fame, everybody's going to have their 15 minutes of being dragged. But you know, it is one of those things where that's uh, can be not always but can be a, an unfortunate side effect from having a public presence. And it's like, I mean, it took me a little bit of time to just realize that 
not anyone's, not everyone's opinion has to matter. And that you can be a super valid individual and have people that disagree with you. I think one of the interesting things though, that you just brought up, um, about the millennials and things like that, that I had never really thought about is the, this is an entire, these are entire generations of kids that are growing up only knowing having a public profile. Like for mm -hmm. us, like this is new, like for them to have everything about you be public and available to others is like the only thing they know. I'm still kind of like, my brain is still wrapping around that concept I, of how twisted and, and vulnerable that, that kind of leaves people that to them, that is all they know is, is that everything about them is out there for people to see and tear down and I'm just, my brain is just like going in. Cause to me, it's like, I see Facebook, I see Instagram, I see which talk for me, it's all funsies, right? Like if I don't like something, I just scroll right past it. I'm, I'm going on it, looking for laughs, looking for fun. So to think that, you know, we've now reached this point where, you know, there are people where this is how they're getting their information. This is how they're learning about things. This is how they're finding those mentors and things that can be, you know, as Courtney pointed out, that can be very scary and very sketchy because you can find someone who, you know, cult leaders used to have to do it in their own community. You know, now you can oh, yeah. get someone who's just very, you know, got a pretty face and got a nice voice and people will, you know, they can get now reach out to millions of people yeah, instead of it's scary. have hundreds. I mean, yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So many thoughts, but I'm going to see what Chawan has to say. Well, this is just the way society is moving. So even yeah. though I personally am not used to it, like I just accept that this is just the way it is. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so big into the concept of the metaverse. So the metaverse is going to be a time, who knows, in the next 10 years, 20, 30 years, we don't know exactly when, but there's going to be a seamlessness between our real life, like this flesh suit versus who we are, let's say in a video game, who we are online. It's going to be virtual reality, augmented reality. We're going to put on our Oculus glasses or whatever it is. And we're going to have meetings with coworkers, but it's going to be us virtually in a virtual world in the metaverse, not the universe, real universe, but a meta universe, the metaverse. And then as soon as we take off the goggles, we'll just seamlessly walk outside. It's not going to be like, that's my life virtually on social media. And now this is the real me. There's going to be no boundaries between the two. And that's how we're moving as a society, as a developed society, at least. That's how we're moving. And so I'm investing a lot of time, some of my money, um, and just a lot of my studying and resources on trying to become an early adopter and hopefully one of the people who's first on the metaverse so that, you know, and there's people getting on the metaverse right now. But I want to do that because I understand that that is how young people today, we're not used to it. But these right. Gen Z people, as they get older, the metaverse will be very natural to them. And the people born after Gen Z, this is going to be their life. The metaverse is going to be their life. They will not know anything different to them. This is going to be so normal. Social media, TikTok, maybe TikTok in the metaverse will be some other named uh, social media app. And it's going to be so obvious that, hi, of course, you have to exist in the metaverse because everybody's on the metaverse. And so why would you not be? Because that's almost like not wanting to exist in real life. And it will be literally and viscerally like, like this. 
I just roll with it because it doesn't matter how much I think negatively or positively about it. It's just going to happen. So I'm just like, okay. The reason why I was dragged on uh, Witch Talk is because I said a very provocative thing. I said, if you're not into technology, if you're not into crypto, if you're not into NFTs, if you're not into blockchain, um, then you're cosplaying as a witch because witches are on the cutting edge of everything you know they've always been cutting edge back in the day they were the ones who were the cutting edge technologists i did see that video that was wonderful oh thank you and uh i was dragged but it was a vocal minority most people seem to agree because only like 200 people unfollowed and then 5,000 people uh followed me in three days after that so like clearly it was definitely the majority of people were on board with that because i think you're right like you know, witches have always been, you know, pushing the boundaries in different ways. And I think on the cutting edge, and I think that, you know, I think that I'm, I mean, I'm someone that's super pro technology. I think there's so many resources and so many tools that exist. And every time I see one that I can use, I'm like, yes, please. Um, I mean, and it took a while to get there. You know, I think, I think that sometimes technology can be overwhelming to people, depending on the generation they're part of. I have found that, um, that there's so much resource in that. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it we can utilize that to our advantage as witches. I think that we think, you know, like I'm a green mostly a green witch. I mean, I, I do a little a little bit of other things too, but I I work a lot with plants. And so I think it's easy for people to go, oh, well, that's not me. I'm not a technology, but I'm like, yeah, but there's so many resources. Like, I mean, how I mean, this podcast is technology. The the resources, the information that we get that we're able to get is there because of technology. And so I think when we can be open to new new and exciting things and new and exciting developments and be open to those things, it allows us to grow and 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 like continue to you know to have a stake in what's happening uh, yeah. versus like taking a back burner and not and not being part of that as witches. Absolutely, and we also have to realize that you know one of the things that I stated on this podcast when I was first on is that witchcraft is inherently political, and so one yes. of the most inherent aspects of the political power play the hierarchy is who controls the bag who controls the coins who controls the money that's the reason why the vatican is rich as fuck you know this is why church they're rich as fuck you need to control the coins to control the population so those witches who are very resistant to technology because they probably don't understand it. When they think technology, they think like an Apple or Google or Microsoft, not realizing that blockchain is completely different. It's the anti-Google, it's the anti-Apple, it's the anti-Microsoft. It's like everything the opposite of that. In yep. every single way. And they don't realize that what cryptocurrency and what the blockchain has done is it's given a way for normal people like you and me to bypass government, to bypass regulators for now. The American government is getting real salty about the bypass. Yes, they are. They're getting yes, super they are. They salty. They don't like that. They don't like it. They're not. They don't like it at they all. They don't like it. But at least for now, it's happening. So I'm just like, right now, in the next two or two to five years, I think that before the government really starts to mm, um, secure your bag now, get it now, get it, get it, because when you do, you are less vulnerable to the whims of the big corporations. You're less vulnerable to the whims of the government. You're less vulnerable to the quote unquote qualitative easing that the American did American government did last. Night. And imagine if you're a witch, you can utilize blockchains in ways to do technomancy, to do financial magic, to do a lot of magic. I love that. 
And that's I what love I'm that. experimenting with that. Aha, and then it brings it back full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And think about it this way. If you work with planetary archetypes, um, energies, gods, whatever you want to call it, Mercury, Hermes, all about the internet, all about this sort of like digital transaction, also like very much like a god of like the underworld and the above world. Um, how can we utilize that sort of energy, Jupiter as well, you know? How can we utilize this sort of energy? Because think about it, if you're doing any sort of magic, and I've talked about this constantly, you're working with energy, whether it's subtle energy, whether it's the energy of the god goddess you're working with, whatever it is. What else is energy? Electricity. What are you doing when you're holding a phone, when you're using your wand, your finger, to, to touch your phone? You're transferring one type of energy, your vital human energy, into this electronic device. Now what happens when money becomes very obviously energy because it's a bunch of numbers that is running through a, a, a digital ledger. It's a lot easier to work with and manipulate the egregore, the spirit of money and the spirit of blockchain, the spirit of anything is a lot easier to work with when we're talking about energy to energy. So in that sense, I'm just like, is it just me or did it all become just a lot more like easier, faster, boom, to use um, any sort of magic to gain your financial goals. And the thing is, is that I'm experimenting with it right now, but even with the littlest effort, and I haven't done like full-blown rituals or anything like that yet, even with the littlest effort, I'm already seeing like the wheels churning. Like about four years ago, I did some really great Jupiterian financial magic from Jason Miller's book, Financial Sorcery. And I know what the, the thing is for me, when I do those rituals for about two weeks, the wheels start to turn and these little things, they start to go. And I've done it a couple of times. So I know like the process, I didn't even do the, the ritual that like, just like very formally like that. I just started to do like little bits here and there. And I'm already seeing the wheels start to turn because I already know what the quote unquote symptoms are. And I'm like, holy shit, that was fast. And now I know what's coming up. And so I'm just like, oh, time to buckle in because, you know, like I know what's coming because I already know what the the actual, like the pre the pre game symptoms are before it goes into like full time like game. And so I'm just like, is this what's going to happen now? Is this how magic is going to run? Because it's so much of it is digital. So much of our life is digital. And if so, I would say, yeah, if you're a witch, it would be crazy not to know everything you can about technology because then your magic can suddenly like up level, like instantly. I like, I really appreciate what you said about how, and I can see why, because a lot of people, there is, there's definitely a natural earth, you know, connecting with the earth, connecting with the elements, connecting with nature, you know, uh, you need to unplug, you know, kind of philosophy that I think a lot of people like to really, uh, you know, embrace and whatnot about witchcraft. And and don't get me wrong. I, I think that's all true. I think there's benefits to all of that, to really immersing yourself in nature and whatnot. But as you said, another part of of witchcraft and and women in, in witchcraft is they've always been cutting edge. They've always understood another aspect of being a witch is understanding energy, understanding flow, understanding life cycles, 
understand that things are always changing. Things are always moving. And so you really do it. It, it is important to think about what is coming ahead. And I agree with you 100% that, that at some point, and we're getting closer and closer to it. I mean, it's not as far away as it used to be, where we really will be, as you said, I mean, now we've already kind of got baby stepped into it with the whole Zoom situation, you know, where we, we're now having entire communications and meetings and family gatherings and funerals and weddings online, something that people would have thought that, that's that would have never happened. We're kind of gotten baby stepped into the next thing, which will be, this is all going to happen, the, but it's going to be metaverse, an alternate metaverse. metaverse. And, and so, you know, it's, it's embracing that it's embracing what that means. It's learning what that means. It's embracing not reality. It. It's exactly. Embracing reality. Not, not fighting it. Because yeah, exactly. You realize that change and, and movement is inevitable and you want to be a part of that. Absolutely. And I want to make sure we get our listener question in um, because we'd love to have you weigh in on this. Um, so the question is, uh, this listener writes in and says, I recently had to disconnect from a man that I met online, blocked from social media, my phone, etc. And I just want to ensure that he, in fact, stays away. Is this something that a run of the mill protection spell can handle or should I go as far as a banishing spell? I don't feel the need to run them out of town. I just want them to keep that. I just want to keep them away. This sounds more like a restraining order thing. Like I'm not somebody who runs to magic as a first line. I'm always somebody who runs towards like mundane as a first line. Um, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think that having, you know, like your scary um, aunt go over and threaten him is probably going to work <laughs> better than magic. <laughs> Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a huge fan. Courtney's <laughs> choking, literally I, I choking just don't, over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a huge fan of doing something magical unless I know it's the easiest way because I'm fucking lazy. So in that sense, like, I'm a practicalist. And to me- Send the scary ant because it's easier than it, doing a banishing it spell. It really, why do you want to do a banishing spell, right? Well, <laughs> and I do think, I mean, for me, I think I always, I mean, again, I think it depends on, the severity here like is this person annoying or are they like stalking you like are they like literally unwilling to leave you alone and i think i mean i think that's a really good point i think sometimes we we think oh well you know like i can handle this i'm gonna do a spell and i think that you can do both like if someone is gen generally i mean genuinely threatening your safety you should absolutely file for a restraining order or at least file a police report so there's some sort of legal documentation um and then, yes, if you want to like add to that a banishing spell or, uh, you know, a, or a protection spell, uh, I, you know, when I, when I finish, when relationships fi finish for me, if they finish on any sort of negative terms, even if the person isn't not leaving me alone or anything like that, but if it's just like, if there's residual energy, I usually first cleanse and then protect because it's like, also, when people, I feel like when you separate emotionally from people and and energetically from people, their shit lingers around, and it can, and and getting rid of that from you, from your house, from your things, can really help. Um, and then and then protecting you because if they are obsessing about you on an emotional or energetic level, then then that kind of keeps them away. But I agree that, um, 
I agree that if there is a threat here, like, please don't just use magic. I mean, in the same way that we tell people not to forego going to the hospital, because it's not, that's not what magic is for. You need to use your practical, you know, use what you know practically you can do from a legal standpoint, or if it's a medical thing from a medical standpoint, and then use magic to help reinforce those boundaries. Can we just right, try to opinion. reframe um, this to listeners? Can we please try to, and I invite everyone to, reframe magic as one of the many tools that you have through life. And so, you know, you're not going to put up a, a window with a hammer, you're going to use like a special tool for mirrors. So based upon the context, you can use several different tools and you will get great results because at the end of the day, what do you want? You want, you want whatever tool you're using to help you lead a happy, peaceful, fulfilling life. So it doesn't matter that what you call magic is the thing that's being used, you know? It doesn't really matter. Anything can be magical and anything at the same time can be mundane. Like it literally is, you can say, you know what? I'm eating like a bunch of like dumplings right now. And, nice. um, and the thing is, is that if I wanted to, I can see this as being magical. Like I'm nourishing myself and there's a magic to it and that's totally valid. Or I can just look at it as like, mm, dumplings and that's it. So anything can be magic and nothing can be magic. So instead of being caught up in the, oh, you know, like, do I need to do a magic ritual? The real question I believe that magicians of yore who didn't have the luxury of being like, well, it'd be nice to do magic. They were like, tomorrow I'm gonna get my head chopped off. So I need something that works, right? So right. the thing is, is that that is, I believe the ultimate magical mindset. The ultimate magical mindset is some shit is going to happen or I think some shit is going to happen and I don't want that shit to happen. So what shit can I do right now? Or what shit can I do to make sure that I don't get in that situation? Cause that's a shitty situation. And I think that sort of yeah. aspect of magic has sort of been lost because we've been kind of uh, prioritizing the, the pomp and circumstance and the ceremony of magic. But the first magic people were just like, damn, it needs to rain or we're gonna starve. We need to find some buffalo or we're gonna starve. Uh, we need to make sure that when you know she gives birth, she doesn't die. It's things like that. They weren't thinking, ooh la la, magic, ooh, herbs, you know? They were thinking life and death, practical things. And so if we remember that that's the birth, the genesis of magic, I think it's a lot easier for us to make the right decision for that time. And sometimes, Magic is the best thing to do. I have done some magic for things where I just couldn't be obvious about it, but I was like, let me just slip it in here, you know? That's what I feel like magic for me has been great with, or financial magic, let me slip it in there. But when it comes to things like somebody harassing me, the last thing I think about is magic. And the first thing I think about is, how do I scare them or disgust them in a way that they don't wanna deal with me? So to be perfectly mm. honest, like if I don't want them to contact me, I would think, what do they really find so unattractive and that they would totally lose <laughs> all attraction or just be like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm so glad like we're not together anymore. You know, maybe they just hate women who like dye their hair purple. I would dye my hair purple and show up in their house and be like, hey, you know, something like that. I made a man cry. Uh, yeah, I I made him cry. I don't remember. Oh, only only once. Oh, I mean, oh no, it's happened many times. But this was one where he okay, wouldn't leave me say, alone. I was like, I'm. I but I was I, like, I was I gonna say, him, I'm disappointed in you if it's only. I once. made him cry at a party, and um, yeah, that was it. After that, so <laughs> right, right. That's all you. Need to, that's yeah. yeah. But you know, I think it's just. I think 
that under the assumption this person has done everything and maybe they've done the restraining order and they've done all that, but it's also like, can I get an extra protection just to, just to help with that? One of my favorite things is you can order this from Rondo's is these candles that are shaped like female or male presenting people. And so you get one that best matches the person that you're trying to get rid of or send away. Um, it gets, it gets a little challenging with, uh, with non-binary folks. So maybe, you know, just, um, uh, get whatever candle you feel best represents the person that, um, you're trying to send away. And basically you either, they either the candle has a face or you assign one part of it as a face and you just turn it away from you and burn it. So they're looking in a different direction, give them something else to focus on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that. And I haven't had like people, um, who have been harassing me, but I've had them like talking shit online and getting really upset. And, yeah. you know, I've done what I said, what I should do is I respond to it when necessary. I don't respond to it when that would make it worse. But then it's also like, can yeah. you just fucking focus on something else? You know? So one thing, yeah. one time I did do something is I took a picture of a person who was, who was giving me some shit online. And after I did all the proper protocol, I then wrote down on her picture, a bunch of other things I wanted her to focus on, like making sure her kids were fed. Cause I wasn't sure that was happening or making sure that her, you know, her rent was paid. Cause I wasn't sure that was happening. She was just focused on me. And then I went and buried it in the ground. So like her focus Smart. on me would, would break down and she would then be focusing on some things focus in her life that she things. needed to focus yeah. on. And I'm probably gonna have to redo yeah. it. Cause she's sniffing around again. She comes around like every five years. I'm like, it's about that time. I got to do it again. I'm glad you yeah. specified it happens every five years. So people know it's not me. Because <laughs> I never, if it was, I'd be one shit witch because you literally oh my god all the time oh my god all the time in my dreams I'm yeah. constantly your husband about you in my dreams which is that's really oh weird. my god it's gone it's gone too far it's really gone too far so um Chawan what's the where can people find you these days uh let's see so I changed my TikTok name just to my name Chawan Ku um but um. Witches and Wine, my YouTube channel is always there. Don't worry, guys. I'm super into technomancy, but of course, at the same time, one of I think the great things about the occult arts is that it also has this wonderful foundation and tradition. To do the future stuff well, you need to get you need to have the roots strong. Mm, strong so roots are fundamental to beautiful leaves and things reaching out to the heavens of the the, the future and the unknown. So I don't. I will never abandon that. To me, to abandon that would mean that any sort of technomancy or any sort of future magic will be weak because you need the nourishing, deep, strong roots. So that's gonna continue on. Um, but I would say that if you're also interested in learning more about the technomancy, about cryptocurrency, if you're a newbie, if you're a complete newbie, I talk to people like newbies in techno. I'm just in the space like, like I've been only really deep into this space for about two months. I'm like obsessed with it. So I'm not so advanced so that people are just gonna be like, what the fuck is she talking about, right? Like, I know, I remember very clearly, I remember when I was like in those clubhouse rooms being like, I don't understand a single word people are saying. So mm -hmm. I will talk to you and um, not judge you for, you know, basically becoming a complete and utter noob in a space. So that's mainly on my TikTok. It's just my first and last name. And, um, yeah, I would say just in general, those are the two main places. That also reminds me now that I changed my TikTok name. Every time you change your social media name, you got to update everything else. Everything, yeah. And we have, we'll we'll post uh, your new link yeah. to all of your things on our website as well. So our yeah. listeners can 
can uh, can find you because this is just such a great amount of information. And we're just so grateful that you've come on the podcast thank again. You. And it's so good to see you and have you back. And um, we also just want to thank all of our listeners so much for listening. If you want to support the show, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. Please also consider leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store. For bonus content, become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcripts, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moting that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Chai. Bye. So mote it be. At the beginning, I really took that so heavily to heart. And then eventually, oh, my God, there's like a fly in my face. <laughs> you were, I thought that like, you were just describing us. He's like waving his And then eventually, and I'm like, no, yes, it was like, yes, Hillary, it was don't like speak, Hillary, speak. Fly, <laughs> It was trying to fly into my mouth. And I was like, oh, my God, help. Oh, my God. Um,